you know, yesterday was a strange day, right? Um, I think it's, it's a day that, that most everybody, or especially if you were up during that time, um, you know, it was, uh, it was just strange, you know, and you know, even thinking about it today, it just seems so surreal to me, right? Like, um, you, you know, we're driving and we're, we had an important meeting at the church office, and so we're driving there, and we're, we're over halfway there. And then um, my daughter and my, my wife, you know, that their phone goes off, you know, with that awful, whatever. And then, you know, so we're thinking, oh, earthquake, tsunami, or something like that. And um, my phone didn't go off because I just turned that thing off because, it, you know, it's just, I don't like stress. And so mine didn't go off, but they go, ballistic missile attack, take cover, right, or something like that. This is not a scam or all this drill or, or whatever. And so we're driving, and, and you know, the, the thought is, okay, well, what are we going to do, right? Because um, we're almost at the office, and uh, our son, son was still at home. And, uh, you know, part of me thought, well, you know, it's a good thing because we're separated, and so maybe someone can survive this thing. And I figured, you know, I didn't tell my family, but I, I figured, well, we're going to be about a mile, less than a mile away from the capital. We're less than a mile away from downtown, three miles from Waikiki. So chances are, if there really is a missile coming in, then, um, you know, just, uh, it was a good life, I guess. <laughs> and, um, you know, thinking about that, so we just went there and we just prayed. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about, um, you know, you know, just, just how crazy that was. And it, it really made it clear to me that um, it was a reminder of how uncertain, you know, how fragile, how out of control uh, life can be. You know, that uh, something can, can take place beyond our control. And we're just talking, it could be things like natural things, you know, like earthquakes and, and tsunamis and all these kinds of things. Or it could be something really crazy uh, like this. And um, it just made me think like um, how, how suddenly catastrophic things can happen in our lives. And I just thought about how, you know, times like that, it's like life just like punches us in the gut. You know what I mean? It just like takes all the wind out of you. And, and it just reminds us how how helpless we are, right? There's nothing that um, any of us uh, could have done uh, yesterday if, you know, it was um, something that was true. And it was just a reminder, I think, to me about how, really how much knowing that God loves us and that he's there for us and what we talked about all Christians, that he is Emmanuel, that, that he is God with us. Um, you know, how, how so vital that is. Because when life is out of control, when there are things that are happening that we don't know anything, you know, that we, there's nothing we can do about it, that there's God. And God is good, and God is faithful. And that he loved us enough to send his son, the Lord Jesus, to come. And to be our Savior. And that one day, no matter what happens here on earth, 
that's not the end of things, you know, right? That, that there, is, there is really and truly as great as your home could be, there is a home awaiting us in heaven because God loved us so much he sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. And so that there's nothing that can happen here that God's not going to be with us. And that no matter what happens, there's a home awaiting us in heaven. And, and not only that, there's going to be this great reunion for every person who made a decision to follow Jesus. It's not the end, you know? And it made it clear yesterday to me that how important it is for us to be the church that God's called us to be. That when this whole state is just in a state of shock and, 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 and just panic in a certain way, with a sense of hopelessness and despair, wondering what can happen to us, Jesus said, I've called you to be salt and light. That's why we were created. We weren't created to hunker down into this bomb shelter and just get protected from everything that could happen to us. That we weren't created, and we didn't start so that, you know, we could be a church that, hey, do you like the world out there? You know, is, are, are there people who are like crazy things that are going on? If so, come join us here in this bomb shelter called the church, and we'll escape the world. God says, no, that's not why you were started. I started you for you to go out and to go out and share the good news about Jesus to everybody we know. And I thought about yesterday, if that was it yesterday, and I just, as we prayed, as my wife and my daughter and I prayed, I just kept thinking of all the people that I know that don't know Jesus yet. And I thought, I know what's going to happen to me. I know what's going to happen to my family. And this is really bizarre, but I thought, if something happened here, there's one more Emoto left to carry on the legacy because my oldest daughter's in Los Angeles. <laughs> got one left. But I just thought about all the people that I know that don't know Jesus, that if something catastrophic happened, you know, yesterday, they would die not knowing Jesus. And at that meeting, it was so timely in a way, because at that meeting, as we gathered the leaders together, that's all that went through my mind. That, that what we're doing as a church is just, there's nothing more important than that, right? There's nothing more important than, than being a church that follows Jesus, that goes out and shares the good news about Jesus with everybody, as though there is no tomorrow. Because for some people, there, no, there is no tomorrow. And it just burned a fire. And it was like, God, okay, thank you that this was only a test. This was only, this was only a, a mistake. That this wasn't real. And it was like, man, Mark, wake up. Wake up. Because this could be real. Something can happen. So keep doing what I've called you to do. And that's why we exist as a church. That we will go out. Because you're like me. You know friends and family. 
that don't know Jesus yet. And if something catastrophic happened yesterday, they would die without Jesus. And so let's let allow, really allow God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us. Even in, in scary moments like yesterday. And remind us that, that, that he's there. And there's an important mission that he calls us all to. One day we will be really at home. But for now, we're on a mission. And the mission is we've got to go and share the good news about Jesus with everybody because we don't know if there will be a tomorrow for whoever, for all of us. And let's go out and, and, and fulfill what he's called us to make disciples, people who will follow him. And it all starts with knowing who Jesus is. That's where it starts. That we got to know who this Jesus is. The true Jesus. We've got to know. And that's why we're on this study um, for the next few months. Because over the years, I've seen Jesus portrayed in so many different ways. There are so many ideas about who Jesus is. Kevin DeYoung, he's a pastor, author. He said this. He wrote this. No one is as popular in the United States as Jesus. And not every Jesus is the real Jesus. For instance, there's the Republican Jesus who is against tax increases and for family values and owning firearms. There's the Democrat Jesus who is against Wall Street and Walmart for reduce, and therefore reducing our carbon footprint and printing money. Then there's the therapist Jesus who helps us cope with life's problems, tells us how valuable we are and not to be so hard on ourselves. Then he says, there's an open-minded Jesus who loves everyone all the time, no matter, no matter what you do, except for those people who are not, you know, who loves everyone all the time, no matter what, except those people who are not as open-minded as you are. You know, there's touchdown Jesus who helps athletes run faster, jump higher than all the non-Christian uh, athletes and He's the God who determines the outcome of Super Bowls. There's the hippie Jesus who teaches everyone to give peace a chance, imagine a world without religion, and helps us remember that all you need is love. And he goes on and he says, And then there's the Jesus, the Son of the living God. Not just another prophet, not just another rabbi, not just another wonder worker. That he was the one who had, that they had been waiting for. Yahweh, God in the flesh, the one who establishes God's reign and rule, the one who heals the sick, gives sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaims the good news to the poor. The Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. This Christ is not a reflection of the current mood or the projection of our own desires. He is the Lord and God. He is the Father's Son, the Savior of the world substitute for our sins, more loving, more holy, and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible. And it is the true Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, who is, who is really worth knowing. That, that he is the true Jesus of the Bible is so much greater than all the cheap imitations. The Jesus who we want Jesus to be that fits our current mood or just our desires. Man, this is the Jesus I would love. 
you know? And we need to know, we need to know the real Jesus. We really need to know who he is because the real Jesus is more loving, he's more holy, and he's even more terrifying than we would ever know. Wonderfully terrifying. And that's the adventure we're on in this series. I am so grateful that God led us to be on this series because there is nothing more important. And um, Devo Yadamari, who shared last week, you know, did a really great job. Um, he had a really inspired idea to offer these study guides that you can get to know Jesus in the book of John. And, you know, he talked about it last week, and, and this is what it looks like. If you ordered a book last week, um, you know, they, they came in, and, and you can pick them up. Um, these books are normally uh, $35 for you today. Today is 11 bucks. all right? So it will be $11 out there. Uh, there will be a table. My daughter will be manning the table. If you signed up for a book, you know, just tell her your name, and, and she'll check you off. You can pick up your book. If, 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 if you've not, and you thought, man, you know, I think I do want to get in on that, then um, you can go. There will be a list. So you can sign up, and we'll rush the books in, and, and you can get them. What I want to say, though, is that it would be really great you to go through this, but it'd be really great if, like, you know, you're, you're married and husband and wife decide, let's, let's go through this together. Or it might get a bunch of people at work, right? You guys do it and say, hey, you know what, let's take one lunch, Friday lunch, let's all get together and let's just, let's just go through this thing. You know, or if um, you're single and, and you, know, you're, you know, you want to find a significant other, oh, this is how Dave got Tammy. You know, uh, they went through this study um, you know, so impressed Tammy that, that, that Dave would actually do this, that, um, that that's how he got her. Yeah, it was because of the study. That's why this, this particular study, this particular study is near and dear to his heart. You know, they got married years ago. He still got that, that original one. Yeah, and if you look on the cover, Tammy, I mean, Dave, Hart, Tammy. You know, it has it right there on the cover, right? So, so if you want to, follow along, but it would be great if you can gather just a, you know, a bunch of people and just go through this um, together, all right? So I thought that was a really great idea because we can only cover so much here in service. Just kind of give you a taste, and then, you know, you go on and you really get to know the true Jesus um, through the book of John in that study. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at a really critical, critical, critical truth about Jesus and in, and in the study guide, it accompanies lessons two and three, all right? Because, you know, um, we're going to finish up this series the week before Easter, so we have to consolidate some. But we'll be, you know, the, what we're going to be talking about today really accompanies lessons one and two. And um, today we'll be pretty much just looking at John chapter one, um, uh, John chapter one, verses one to 14, because it really is one of the most, remarkable truths about, about Jesus, that um, he became one of us, that he took on flesh and bone and blood so that we might know who he is and that he could relate to us and we could relate to him in a greater way. So let's pray. There's, there's some notes in your bulletin. You can follow along. But, but let's pray and, and ask the Lord to really speak to us in the word today. Father, thank you for your great, great love for us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. 
And whether it be just a normal, typical day or a day that, that you know, just spooks us out of our, our minds, uh, a day in which nothing happens, a day in which something awesome happens, a day when something catastrophic happens, we know that you are there. That, Jesus, you came as Emmanuel, that you're with us. And I pray this morning that we would sense your presence in a very special way. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be with us, that you came to illumine and enlighten your word, that we could begin to really understand it deep in our hearts. And I pray you would speak, so speak to us that the truth about who Jesus is would sink into our lives and would change us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So you, can follow, you can follow along in John chapter 1. But the first thing is this, pretty simple. Jesus is fully God. Jesus is fully God, and he's worthy to be trusted. Jesus is God. And because he's God, we can trust him. Yeah, that, that, that there's credibility that we can trust him because of who he is. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. And what, what John is saying and what he's using is he's using that really familiar verse, that first verse in the Bible. He starts off the, his gospel, his account of the life of Jesus, in the same way with that same phrase, in the beginning. In the beginning. No other gospel writer starts there. He started his birth. But John says, no, in the beginning. In the beginning. And it was not accidental or coincidental. Whereas Genesis was the beginning of all creation, the creation of the world. And we see from Genesis that the creation and all that we know came into existence with the word. That God spoke the word, spoke the world into existence. In the beginning, God created, right, the heavens and the earth. And God spoke it into being and it came. And, and John begins his gospel with those familiar words to say that something new has begun. You know, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, right? We all know that. But now John is saying, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And, and John is saying that, that Jesus, and we find out it is Jesus who created everything, and now this Jesus who was there in the beginning, this Jesus who is God, who created all things with the Word, has come to us as the Word. Has come to us as the Word that he's come in the flesh to bring in something new to this original creation that has now been kind of marred, stained because of sin. And he uses this word, the word. As for some of you know, the word there is in the Greek, that word is logos, right? That's the word that has been translated into our translations called the word. And it just refers, the common, it's a common Greek word. 
and it's logos. And, and like a lot of words that are in one language, it doesn't really fully translate, you know, fully into another language. And, and logos is one of those words. And so the best words that translators and scholars could, could find, and it's a good word, it's the word. But it doesn't capture everything about what logos is really all about. And um, what it is, is John is saying that, that from the very beginning, if you all remember in Genesis, that the word was God's agent in creation. And now, again, the word is God's agent in creating something new. F.F. Bruce, in his commentary on John, says that if we understand Logos in this prologue, in this section in John, as word in action, we may begin to do it justice. See, what he's saying is that it's not just the word, but it's an action-oriented type of word. That Jesus came as the word, he came as the word in action. That he came as the word because there was something so important that he needed to do. That God himself would come into the world as the word in action. And he was going to be ushering in something new and a new creation. And what John just starts off his whole thing, he's saying, people, here's the key. Jesus is 100%. He's fully God. He is fully God. Not just a great person, not just a great teacher, not just this wonderful religious leader, that he is so much more. That he is God Almighty who created everything with the word, who is now the living word in action. And that's who Jesus is. That the Jesus we worship is God Almighty. And he's 100% God. God himself. I mean, as crazy as if you let the Holy Spirit just speak to you, that God took on flesh and bones to be with us. God who is spirit took on a form of a man. But it was God who came. God came to rescue us. God came to be our Savior. God came so that we could connect with him. If God didn't come, we would not be able to relate. But God himself came. And Jesus is 100% God. And so he is worthy to be trusted. I don't know if I can trust you. Yeah, you can trust him. Why? Because he's God. He's 100% God. And not only that, Jesus is 100% God. He is fully human and worthy to be followed. That's the crazy thing, right? If you go on in John 1, verse 14, you know, John picks that up and he says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was there with God from the beginning. And then in verse 14, it says, The Word. He calls Jesus the Word again. The Word in action became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, Father full of grace and truth. 
And Jesus is fully God, 100%, but he's also fully man, 100% human. And that's the great mystery. How can someone be 200%? Right? But he's 100% God, and he's 100% man. And Jesus coming in the flesh, being 100% human, that's an amazing thing. St. Augustine, he writes this. And St. Augustine is, you know, one of these, is, is this second century scholar, just amazing guy. Uh, he has a book out. I just started to read it. It's just kind of hard to read. It's called The City of God, a real classic. But, but he was an amazing thinker. And he writes this. God became a man for this purpose, since you, a human being, could not reach God. But you can reach other humans. You might now reach God through a man. And so the man, Jesus Christ, came became the mediator of God and human beings. God became a man so that following a man, something you are able to do, you might reach God, which was formerly impossible for you to do. And what he's saying is, and what John is saying is, is God became human. Because that was the only way we will be able to see and experience and, and, and be able to follow God. And it took God becoming fully human. And God said, that's what I'm going to do. And Jesus took on the form of man. And he becomes 100% human so that we could relate to our God. That we could, we could oh, I can follow a person. I, I know how to do that. And we could do that. And because Jesus is 100% human, and he's one of us, we can totally relate to him knowing that, 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 that we will go through things and that there's nothing that he did not. See, in this novel, um, The Marriage Plot, there's this character, Mitchell, and he moves to India as a young man and he's going to there to volunteer. Well, after a couple of weeks, you know, he, he's, he's there and there's this man who is, who's dying, who is a mess. And his bed is a mess. And it's filthy and it smells. And, 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 he's, and, and the novel says Mitchell suddenly couldn't stand it. And despite knowing that it would, he would forever regret it, that he turns away from that man and just runs out of that building. And he scoops up all his belongings and he escapes by train. And we find that Mitchell discovers something true and awful about himself that there were things that he could not stand, the depths into which he could not plunge. He had discovered that he had untested limits, right? That was it. He just, he just no way, he had the best intentions, and he couldn't do it. And uh, he discovered that that's true of all of us. We all got limits. There's limits for what we can and cannot do, right? I so appreciate people who are in the medical field, especially nurses, uh, I, I, I just can't take, I can't take the sight of blood, especially my own. I mean, it's like, it's horrible. You know, it's like some of you, you look and, you know, when they do tests and you see the, I, I, you know, I'm like that. Put me to sleep first, you know, something, you know. And the smells and all that, I got, you know, just, I'm a wimp. And Mitchell found out he was a wimp then the author goes on and says, 
That's true for all of us. But, but, not for Jesus, he writes. Not for Jesus. To enter the human condition, Jesus came down from heaven. Then down further, he pierced into the saddest, lowest human conditions, grief, degradation, betrayal, and torture. And then he died in the worst way possible, his unimaginable physical pain, accompanied by the mental anguish of being abandoned by God. And so that there's no darkness in which a human being can descend that Jesus has not already descended. See, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, that he became one of us. And Jesus is fully human, 100% human, and he's worthy to be followed. He has all the attributes of God, but he has all the attributes that we have. And the thing is, he's 100% human, but unlike us, he never sinned, not even once. But he came, and we can follow a Savior. We can follow a Savior who can relate to us in every way, who has gone through everything that he's gone through. We can follow a Savior like that. See, Jesus is fully human, and he is worthy to be followed. John continues, you know, in this account by saying that this Jesus, fully human, fully God, is the light of all mankind. And he came as the light. In Genesis, again, he goes back to Genesis. We read that in the beginning of creation, in Genesis 1-2, it says, darkness, now the, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. In the first creation, it was darkness. In the beginning, that's what it was. This darkness over the whole emptiness that God would begin to create from. And here again, John writes, in the beginning, but now instead of darkness, he says Jesus has come. And he's come to bring life and to be the light for all mankind in verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he had come as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. John the Baptist. The light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And then he goes on in verse 10. He was in the world, talking about Jesus, though the world was, and the, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And then he says this. In the midst of darkness, coming as fully man, coming as fully God and fully man, coming to be the light of the world, he says, and yet to all who did receive him, to those who all believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or, or husband's will, but born of God. And St. Augustine writes this, God became a man so that 
following a man, something you are able to do, you might reach God, which was formerly impossible to you. Jesus became our light. And Jesus came in the flesh so that we would be able to follow him, that, that, that he's so worthy to be followed. And he came to bring life and to be, bring lightness and to bring light in the darkness of the world. You know, Jesus came and he says, you know, there is darkness, that there's darkness in our lives. We go through dark times. And there's darkness in the world. And God said, I'm going to send my son. And he's going to be 100% God. And he's going to be worthy to be trusted. But he's going to be also 100% human because they need someone they can follow, they can relate to. And he's going to be 100% human. So that, that, that he is so worthy to be followed. And he's going to be the light of the world. And he's going to bring life. That whoever would believe in him, they would experience the light. And not only that, they will become my children. That, that, that I'm going to adopt all those people who choose to follow me and follow my son. He's going to be a light shining in the darkness. And he's going to, he's going to provide the way to be adopted into the family of God. Sons and daughters of God Almighty. That's who Jesus is. That's the true Jesus. That's why he came. He came so we can relate to him, that we can follow him. We couldn't do it on our own, and so God said, I got to reach down. And God became flesh. See, when we follow the true Jesus of the Bible, it's an amazing adventure. It's going to be great. But there are going to be times you're just going to go, man, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. That's a hard thing you are saying, Jesus. It seems so exclusive. It seems so intolerant. It just seems so hateful. And I thought, Jesus, you were like love. And, you know, I think the hippie Jesus is cool. But there are going to be times... Where it's like, man, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Didn't Christ die for the church? I don't know if I can do that. Wives, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. What? Jesus came. A hundred percent God. All powerful, all wise, all knowing, all everything. You can trust him. He came as fully human. He knows what we go through, no matter what it is. Man, we can follow him. Because he can relate to us. It's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be fun all the time. But it's going to be great. And it's going to be worth it. And it's an adventure worth taking. And as I was preparing for this message this week, I couldn't help but think of my friend, Dr. James Kakuda. And um, James unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord on, on Wednesday. Um, and um, I'm going to miss him. You know, I, I'm really going to miss him. 
And I look, and, and here's a man whose life was changed when he encountered in a very, very personal way the true Jesus, that he had known about Jesus. He had sought to, 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 to follow in a way. But about three years ago, there was a change. That it wasn't just, no, I, I, an adventure began for him. Where he began to want to really know, follow this true Jesus. And um, about three years ago, his brother-in-law, Jimmy, as we're going through a um, campaign back then, uh, what on earth are we here for? said, you know, I want to start a small group. And I want to invite my family. And invited his two sisters, their husbands. They all gathered together and went through this book. It's pretty much what on earth am I here for? It's about Jesus and about the life that he calls us to. And God used that. Used that small group in that time to draw James to himself. And he was on this journey. But as he took time to get to know this true Jesus, God began to reveal himself more and more in James's life. And, and he was on this adventure. And then his um, wife and two kids decided, like, you know, we, we're going to follow this Jesus. He tells us to be baptized. We've got to go get baptized. And so James says, man, I'm in. And as a family, a couple years ago, they were baptized. And it was just this wonderful and, and this is really special time. I, I remember it so clearly. And you know, as a surgeon, um, James led a really busy life. Uh, he was really successful, but very busy. And those of you who are physicians, you know, it's, it's not 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. But as James began to follow the true Jesus, every Sunday that he could, he would be here. If there was a surgery or whatever, you know, just certain times you just got to do what you got to do. But he was here. And not only was he here, you know, I, I, can, I can see you guys, right? I can see when you are sleeping. I know when you're awake. I know when you've been bad or good, so be good for good. No, you know, no, but I know. And, and, and I just loved James because I knew he was connecting. And it would always scare me a little bit. Because here's this brilliant surgeon listening to a person like me. You know, I better get things right. Because you know? I'm going to hear about it after. You know, right? Felt a little intimidated. But he, I could tell that he was connecting. Connecting with his Jesus. And I knew that he was here because it was important for him to come to know and to come to worship this Jesus that he was following. And you know, as a successful person, busy physician, it would have been really easy for him to just come and um, just to satisfy a religious duty. You know, like Dave often would say, like, check off the God box in my week. You know, he could have easily done that. <laughs> but that's not what he did. 
and he even took time, you know, just to stick around and with his family help out with our cleanup teams. And following Jesus, you know, James and his family made some really tough decisions. And it was decisions based on as they followed Jesus and, and Jesus was calling them to certain things, uh, they decided to follow through. And I said, well, it kind of goes against the flow of our culture. You know, what would people think about the decisions we're making? They're tough decisions. But decisions they made in following Jesus that when you look back now, it's clear that Jesus was leading. And it was clear that they were following. See, I'm going to miss James. I'm really going to miss him. I'm going to miss seeing him, my friend, um, you know, during the week. The week. I, I got to now find someone else I can trust to, to cut open my guts, you know. I'm going to miss him. But this I know, that he's always going to be an encouragement to me and, and those of you who have who known him. He's going to be an encouragement to you. That Jesus is worthy to be trusted because he's fully God. That, that Jesus is worthy to be followed because he's fully human. And that no matter what I go through, Jesus came to be the light in the midst of any darkness. And no matter what happens, Jesus is going to be there. He's always going to be there. And that one day, because this isn't it, that so many things could happen that are out of my control. But one day, because of Jesus, I get to go home. Because of, because of Jesus, I am, I am, I am the son of the Most High God. And I don't understand why now, why God in his perfect timing said this is the time for, for my, my son James to come home. But I know this. God is worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to be followed. That James is in this place. We're going to miss him so much. But, but he's at home now. And not only is he home, there's this great cloud of witnesses for all the people who have gone before us who made Jesus their Savior. They're filling a whole gigantic stadium, I see. They're in the stands. And they're looking at us and just cheering us on. And there's James and he's cheering us on. He's cheering his family on. And he's cheering us on and he says, Mark, don't you worry about it because if you ever need to have someone cut you open, I'll, you know what? God will lead you to the right guy. And there's hope because one of God's sons has arrived home. See, that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. That's who Jesus is. And that's what's so wonderful about him. That I miss James. His family, oh, can't even imagine. But sooner than later, we're all going to be together again. 
How great is that? And we're going to be in a place where there's never going to be a warning on our phones. Ballistic missile attack, take cover. Never again. Because we're going to be home. That's who Jesus is. That's what he's done. And so let's pray. And for some of you, maybe you've been dabbling, but maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't the Jesus of the Bible. Maybe it's time for you to say, hey, hey man, I want in. You know, I know, I believe now that Jesus is a fully, fully God. He's fully human. He came to bring life and be the light of all mankind. That he's come, that as many as we receive him, you give them the right to be called children, sons, and daughters of God. Maybe that's where you, you know, maybe that's what you need today. Because if you've never done it, now's the time. So why don't you stand with me, and we're going to pray. All right? That's all of us to pray. And let's pray. God, I need Jesus. You've never accepted Jesus. Grab hold of that. You just pray along with me. If you have, just pray along with me. Let's just pray. So Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus who is 100% God, 100% human, that he is so worthy to be trusted. And I today place my trust in him. He is 100% human and is so worthy to be followed. And today I make a decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. And I pray, help me, Father, over the next so many months to get to know, to get to know my Jesus. Make your word come alive to me. Make the Bible come alive to me. That I will know in a greater way this Jesus who I'm choosing to follow today. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for coming my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just, let's just close by singing this song.